Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Peter Shirelli fired by the Edmonton Oilers. Hunt is on for a new GM. Bob Nicholson at the helm of that. No timeline for the hiring. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning into our special coverage this morning. Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to two. I'll have inside sports from six to eight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Jared on the line. Jared, what's up? I just got a couple of comments. I read and just about what Bob Nicholson said. And and I just say that one thing I always found with with him and Peter Shirelli is they underestimate the intelligence of the average oiler fan so when he says he believes we can make the first round the, the playoffs and what get knocked out in four straight by someone like nashville so is that is that the goal just to make the first round and get knocked out secondly he says we're not in a rebuild well what do you call the team we have there's maybe five good core players the bottom nine forwards are basically minor league forwards. so what are we one step away from winning the stanley cup no this isn't a rebuild and the other thing is they have to be careful of testing the patience of Connor McDavid because he's already his fourth year. He's the best player in the, in the world by far, in my opinion. And the thing is, I'm worried that one day we're going to wake up and the headline is going to be Connor wants out. How much more can he take of this? And then the, for the asset part, they had more assets when Peter Shirelli first came than they do now. They have nothing to trade. Maybe someone like Nugent Hopkins. And with Peter Shirelli, the number one the characteristic that he lacked, he had no patience. The amount of draft picks he picked away, he traded away and got nothing back for them. Now, we have some draft picks and some prospects, but we should be much further ahead. There should already be seven or eight guys waiting to come to the Oilers from the minors. Well, I think, you know, I, I think you nailed it about that. And I've said that all year, Jared, that if, if they do make the playoffs, they, they can't go deep, clearly. And now the, the playoffs have become a bigger question mark. I don't know if Connor McDavid is the type of person that is going to say, you've let me down, so trade me. I, I mean, Jared, you've been through this as a fan for a long time. I mean, Connor's only been an Oiler for four years, and people used to ask this, will, will Taylor Hall ask to be traded? Taylor Hall wasn't traded because he was asked to. He was traded because Shirelli decided to, to do so. I, I, I mean, I think he would have to, this would have to extend a lot longer than it has for McDavid to reach, reach that level. I don't, I don't think we're going to, in two weeks, Connor's going to want to trade or anything like that. I mean, no, hockey, hockey players generally it, stick with it, right? But I understand why you're concerned. Yeah, that's my biggest concern because then you think, are we going to have a situation similar, not like an Eric Lindros thing where, you know, a player is just, he's giving it all every game, but he hasn't been supported around. He's held up his end of the bargain 100%. And well, Lindros didn't want to play in Canada, right? That's, no, but I'm just yeah. saying where you have to trade that type of player. Oh, like, I see, okay. You, you don't want to be putting it like, he, he, Connor came to Edmonton, but that part of, um, like, Connor's held up his end of the bargain. And, you know, the management hasn't, even with Bob Nicholson, I don't necessarily think he's the right guy. There's a type of thinking 
that some of those guys have that I don't think applies. I can't put my finger on it, but it doesn't apply to like the modern NHL and the player today. I don't think they can communicate with them versus um, like you know how they did in the '90s or the '80s. These are different types of players. They're different mentalities. So that's all, all right. I have to say. Jared, it's good to talk to you a little earlier in the day than usual, too. Okay, buddy? <laughs> okay, bye-bye. All right. Uh, more open line time after the 1130 News. My goodness, Sirius Gord is standing by. That's always a pleasure. Next Oilers game will be February 2nd, next Saturday in Philadelphia, but they're making news going into the All-Star break. Peter Shirelli has indeed been fired as president of hockey operations and general manager. Of course, you can get more on 630ched.com. Stoffer has more. Oilers now noon to 2. My name is Reed Wilkins, hijacking Jesperson today for extended coverage of this story. 780-496-0063 as we have some open line time and... A man who I, I Gord, serious Gord is on the line, uh, one of my uh, regular callers and listeners who I feel like we may be having a similar conversation to one we had four or five years ago, Gord. But go ahead anyway. Well, same as it ever was, isn't it? Um, but there's, I think you could would admit, first off, Happy New Year. I've yeah, you too, man. Uh, never a dull moment in this organization, and uh, I know I've discussed this before, but the Shakespearean comedy that is this team, continues and we now move to a new act and there are two constants with of the last 20 to 12 to 15 years of of misery the first content constant is the misery and the second is that we've had friends of uh, daryl cates and friends of wayne gretzky permeate this organization almost from top to bottom and that remains unchanged after this move and i want to p- pick a bone with uh speck just prior saying that somehow shirelli was an outside selection he, he needs to go back and research what happened there. When Wayne Gretzky was fired from, well, or left, whatever you want to call it, the Arizona team, mm-hmm. his brother was head of scouting, Keith, when, and he was let go at the same time. Guess who hired him? Peter Shirelli. Guess who Peter Shirelli had to- close ties with in Hockey Canada? Bob Nicholson. Guess who gets hired when they fire uh, the previous uh, GM? Peter Shirelli, that the, it's same as it ever was. And until we break this, this pattern, until we finally come to grips with what's re- It was a very telling comment to me, Reed, that he used the term uh, something in the water, which now belongs in the Pantheon with other famous uh, oiler uh, uh, shames, which is six rings and two tiers and several others. That was a tell, in my view. He knows. How could he not know? That the real underlying problem with this team is the nepotism that exists. And it continues. Uh, who was drafted uh, not too long ago? Keegan Lowe. Where is he now, Reed? He is a bottom-rung defenseman in Bakersfield. A bottom-rung defenseman who miraculously is the captain of the team. And where do you think he's going to wind up when he retires, probably in the next couple of years, from hockey? I'm betting pretty big bucks that he's going to wind up in the Oilers organization. And now we're moving down the generations of the old boys. This is a soap opera that continues. And, and to quote somebody up the dial from you, low tide, um, or paraphrase to, 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 so I don't uh, uh, misquote him, this is being run like a family furniture store, and they spend all their time arguing over what color the truck that delivers the furniture should be. 
this team, this organization needs to get into the 21st century. It is stuck in the 1960s, frankly, in how they operate, and these are the results we get. It just drives me crazy. My question to you, uh, Reed, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, Mr. Nicholson alluded to the fact that the Koskinen signing, which happened less than 24 hours before the firing of uh, Shirelli, yeah. and presumably the decision was made to, to fire Shirelli before the signing of Koskinen, who was that group of people that made that decision? Well, I think right? Bob said that there were would have been uh, pro scouts involved who okay. were looking and at other potential. He didn't limit it to those numbers, those names, though. And, and the idea that Shirelli had some kind of independence is folly. Clearly, on the last move that was made before his firing, yet he did not have a free hand. I don't think he had a free hand in the Reinhardt trade. I also don't think he had a free hand in uh, keeping Hausen and McTavish and a few other guys around. And if we're going to truly get an, an, a GM that's going to take this team out of this comedy, this tragedy, we have to go to somebody who truly has bona fides outside of the nepotism that's existed all these years and that person has to be given a free hand to to not just on on the ice but who assists him who sits the draft table and all those other things this 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 doesn't end with just the firing of shrelly it ends when we finally get somebody who is not tied to this kate's uh archipelago of friends right well i think you make a lot of good points and, and i think uh old boys club has been definitely an issue, and there are definitely you know still some people. I mean, Housen and McTavish are, are, are working there. I don't know if they're uh, they definitely have influence and say. I think it's more at a prospect level. I, I I would I would say this, Gord. In general, the hockey world is a relatively small one, so you are going to hire people you know and when it fails it's nepotism and old boys club and when it succeeds it's honoring tradition like joe sackick right joe sackick um, went from being well we brought back a guy who won to being why do we have an ex-player r- running the team because they were both good and bad when sackick was there having said that yeah, you having said that i think you make many fair criticisms about the oilers why does it continually fail year after year why do we have a 12-year stretch where the peak year is a second round loss and and you know what colorado is a great example gord because they have not won a stanley cup like since the lockout let's go back there they have not won a stanley cup since the lockout and they have had some rotten teams fair enough agreed but they have had some peak years they have been very up and down the Oilers have generally just been down. So you can look at Colorado and kind of say, eh, you know what, they're not that good a franchise, but they've kind of had some years where they, they look pretty good. So why has Edmonton not been able to do that and put better players around? I mean, here's the thing, Gord. I find myself having similar conversations with people to the ones I had five years ago. Well, we're wasting Taylor Hall. Is Taylor Hall going to want out? Why don't they have some depth? Why can't they forecheck? It's It's... A lot of the same things, and that's you're right. They got to figure out why that is. Will a new person be able to? Uh, I hope so, because there's some pretty glaring errors there. But I appreciate I your one, call, buddy. Can I make one quick comment? Yeah, quickly. Um, this organization is not the only one that's plagued with nepotism. If you really want to truly see the future 
of the league. Look at the Nashville Predators and teams like that. Teams that truly and look, go look at their org chart. There's no nepotism in there for the most part. It's people hired based on merit, period, end of sentence. Until you do meritorious hiring and firing, you're going nowhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, see you, Gord. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. A serious Gord checking in. Richard up next. We're going to take a quick timeout. Wilkins in the 630 Chet studio. It is more change for the Edmonton Oilers. Peter Shirelli out as general manager and president of hockey operations. So where are we headed now? Well, we don't entirely know, but we have been through this before. Uh, an underperforming team with a couple of star players and a playoff spot greatly in question. And now they're uh, looking for a new general manager. And I think you have to consider too, probably in the off season, uh, Probably a new coach as well. I don't know if Ken Hitchcock is going to be back. If you have a new GM, he may be picking his own coach along the way as well. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Richard calling in. Hello, Richard. How's she doing today? I am doing all right. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, uh, listening to all the guys. Like I agree with all the old boys club and everything else, and the management getting fired, coaching changes, everything. But if you look at all the experts. Last year, they had the Oilers to be one of the top contenders in the West. This year, again, at the beginning of the year, all the experts had the Oilers to be one of the top contenders. You can say what you will about bad trades and this and that, but we're just not getting what we should out of our players. You look at a guy like Lucic, yeah, he's not putting in any goals, but what put some effort into the game, hit some guys, get in the corners and dig that puck out and do something. He's out there waving his stick at guys. He's the biggest guy on the ice. And you look at the last time we had a marquee defenseman was Pronger. And before Pronger came into that organization, we had no defense. But Pronger came in and made all those young defensemen better. They were they played wicked with Pronger as their leader. And I looked at over Christmas here, you got a guy like Bieksa playing in the Spangler Cup. Why wouldn't the Oilers sign him? He's going to make that dressing room better. He's going to make that defense core better. And he's he would be the best D-man on the Oilers. 
Uh, yeah, you actually think Kevin Bx is better than Oscar Kleffbaum at this point in his career? I mean, there's a reason he's not. There's a reason he's not in the NHL, Richard. There's 30 other teams that haven't signed him. I got to challenge Clefbaum's you there. Not playing right now, though, right? No, he's not playing right now, but he is on the team. He's definitely better than Benning. Okay, well, how come again? How come no other team has signed like Kevin Bieksa doesn't come in and make the Oilers a contending team? He's not. No, they don't. But he's the type of guy that takes your younger players and mentors them into playing their position a lot better. You look at Ronick's comments about the Oilers game last night, and you watch the Oilers D. As soon as they touch the puck in our zone, they're looking up the ice for that outstretched pass, and. They're not looking around to who's cutting it off. And then it turns over into a scoring chance in our zone. So, Richard, are you saying they should have kept Shirelli and let him keep working on the roster? Uh, that's a more of a long-term fix than a short-term fix, Shirelli. Okay. We need something now. I agree that Shirelli, you know, he wasn't making the right decisions. Yeah, get rid of him. But we need something right now as well. All right, thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Carson hanging on. Carson, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hi there. Uh, I just wanted to comment on uh, Nicholson's comment on character. Okay. Uh, he he kind of emphasized that in the uh, press conference, and that's something uh, Todd McCullen last year mentioned twice: the importance of the loss of Matt Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Now, when we went to the, the playoffs uh, two years ago. Uh, McCullen constantly had mentioned how we would bend but not break. Mm-hmm. Well, in the past two years, and like um, Hitchcock has mentioned it quite a few times this year, it's the opposite. Like we bend and we break. Yep. So I'm not sure. Like in character, I'm not. I can't. I'm not in the dressing room, so I can't. I don't have a, a pulse on it. But are we lacking some character? Because it seems like you know, even when Matt Hendricks didn't even play, he still had a positive influence. Yeah, that's a that's a fair. Sorry, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'll leave you on the line. That's a that's that's a fair that's a fair question, and I think Carson, there's a there is a fine line, right? Because if Matt Hendricks comes back last season, does that get them the ten extra wins they need to make the playoffs? I don't know no, if it does. I mean, more yeah. as a collective, like right. getting more of those personalities in the room, so that because you know when you know you're having a rough game, a, a crappy period. You have those guys on the bench and in the dressing room to keep the mold together so you come out prepared to play for the next period and not sulking and in the gutter, right? Which is what we see a lot of times as Oilers fans. And that that's the part that's really frustrating. I mean, hate to go back to the late 90s, but the Oilers had a very poor, minimal team compared to other teams in the league. We all knew that. We were broke. But yet, every game... They came out and laid a, a very solid effort on the line from a pair of third and fourth line type guys. So there was a lot of character in that group, right? Whereas now it's you, you see where I'm going. Like, yeah, I see. I, I see where you're going. I I don't think it's the be all and end all because I think no, there's but, a lot of players that probably are working hard but just aren't good enough for the roles they're in. Um, yeah. But but I I do agree there is something. It, it I appears guess I'm more towards Nicholson's comment. Like there's a lot. Of, there's something between the years. There is something yeah. between the years because when they fall out of a game, they fall out of it. 
Like if they yeah, have a bad I mean. ten minute stretch, they don't fall behind one nothing. They fall behind three nothing. So two I, years I, ago, we'd be down three one or whatnot, but they'd manage to stay close, stay close, and then yeah, get a point or something. Three, yep. Know? So thanks, Carson. Know, like, it was an emphasis by Nicholson, so I wanted to point it out. Yeah, no, that's fair for sure. Thanks for calling, and we'll get to Jim as well before we go to the new news. Hey, Jim, what's going on, man? Not bad. How you doing, really Great. Um. What about Brian Burke as a possible GM? I don't know. I don't know if he wants to get back into it. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I hope Kenny's back next year because I think he's the right coach, no doubt about it. I think what caused a lot of the Oilers' problems, though, too, is some of the signings and some of these players uh, that they signed for $6 million. And, yes, uh, what really hurt us is what we got back in return for him. It wasn't – it was just strictly a money deal. I mean, that's all it was if you look at it uh, – uh, when we got rid of the players we got rid of. But I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I mean, you can't keep blaming the coach for so long, but I'm surprised he wouldn't find him an organi- something in the organization. I mean, they did to, to the McTavish is still with the Oilers, which is mind-blowing, so I'm surprised he's actually really gone. So I hope the forward is, is nothing but positive for these guys. And I, I just don't think this season can be saved, though, but I hope that uh, the coach is back. Yeah, well, like I've said, Jim, if I mean, this, the, the yeah. best they can do is barely get in. And who who do they have a chance against in the first round? Probably nobody. Well, not probably. I would say nobody. Well, I don't know. You remember the Oilers in 06. I mean, they made a few trades. They got together, and, and they had a heck of a run. So if they get into the playoffs, playoffs is a total different atmosphere. It's a total different beast. You never know. I mean, if they barely get in, I guess it's a, it is a success compared to where they were. Jim, it's always good to hear from you. All right, man. Take care. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.